welcome to the Black Hats Broadcast, your independent Sunderland podcast. We're here for the first episode of the podcast for the 2016-17 season. Basically just going to talk about everything that's happened over the break and pre-season. So the new season of the Premier League starts, or as of recording, starts in three days. Um, we start away to Manchester City, which is always going to be a hard one for us, considering the fact that we haven't beaten them in years away. Um, so we have been looking to prepare for that over the entirety of pre-season, and uh, a lot of fans would maybe argue that we are not where we should be with that, yeah. considering that we're a few days away from the start of the season. Yeah. Um. So. Basically, well, it's Sunderland, so it would be a Sunderland update without saying that it's been a very dramatic, hectic and stressful uh, summer for Sunderland fans. Oh, it's been awful. So, the big drama that Sunderland fans have faced over the pre-season is um, the departure of our manager Sam Allardyce. Mm-hmm. who left us to take the England job after England's awful spell at the Euros. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Roy Hodgson obviously resigned after uh, England were knocked out of the Euros by Iceland, which was totally unexpected and arguably completely Joe Hart's fault. I expected it. I mean, I'm not an England fan, so... I am. I know what we're like. I knew we weren't going to get past an easy game. So, um, Big Sam has departed us to go to the England job, which is obviously has been his dream for years, which is a very well-known fact. And, you know, it messed us about a bit over pre-season, considering the fact that... A bit. A bit. I mean, a lot. Because we, we were spent trying to a month knowing nothing and not being able to do anything because the FA wouldn't make a decision. Yeah, we were trying to sign players, and the players were like, "I'll only come if Sam stays." And then the FA were going after Sam, and it was all over the news. And then players didn't come to us, and yeah, we we didn't sign anyone during the period that Sam was here. Yeah. Um. But luckily, um. It was the day after the Hartlepool game. Um, we found out that Sam had been appointed as the England manager. Yeah. And you know it was um, quite obvious at the Hartlepool game that Sam had left because reports started flooding out of him telling the players at halftime that he'd made his decision and. He left the stadium before the match ended and mm-hmm. didn't come out to say goodbye to the fans, which, you know, angered a lot of us. Even if it yeah. wasn't to acknowledge that he was leaving, but he didn't even acknowledge that the fans had travelled for the match or whatever. So exactly. it was a very tense time for fans. But for once in their life, Sunderland did something quickly. And I can't uh, the morning of the Rotherham game... Uh, we got the announcement that David Moyes was our new manager and uh, do you have anything to say about David Moyes? Uh, I think it's good I like David Moyes 
especially considering how long that we've actually wanted to put him in. Five managerial appointments we've been after him and he's wanted to stick with ex- already existing contracts and didn't want to join us because we were going down, which we didn't. But to finally have him in and to have someone on a relatively long deal for us, it's really nice. So uh, what would you say to all the fans that are claiming that Moyes may have been a success at Everton but he really didn't do anything with Manchester United? When he left Everton to go and take over the Man United job from Alex Ferguson, can anybody tell me that any Man United fan, player or backroom staff member was going to be happy with it because he's not Sir Alex Ferguson? Every single person was going to be like, yeah, David Moyes, Fergie didn't do it like that. So he was never going to be successful because he was never going to live up to that massive name that had been Man United for so long. And then, obviously, that, like you said, didn't go well. You you just don't succeed, Alex Ferguson. And I mean, it's even proven by the fact that, like, Louis van Gaal didn't manage it. Yeah. And then obviously they've got Josie Mourinho now, which is, you know, working out so far for them. But um mm-hmm. It wouldn't again, have mattered who went in after Sir Alex Ferguson. They wouldn't have been happy with it because it's not Fergie. Exactly. And I think that um obviously he went abroad after that and got sacked after a season. Mm-hmm. Um I I can't remember the name of the team that he came from. It was Real Sociedad, wasn't That's it? That's the one, yeah. Um, he got sacked after a season with them and I think that, you know everyone looks at that as like oh, we're getting a manager that's just come off the back of like two sackings but, mm-hmm. you know he got a record when he was there it was the first time they'd beaten Barcelona or something yeah. and they beat them like 1-0 or something so, you know, it's exciting because at least we've got a manager of standard it's not as if we've got in someone like Advocat again yeah, like when in all of the recent managerial positions, Paolo Di Canio came in, nobody really knew him. Dick Adfaga came in, people knew him, but like he's not a big household name in managerial terms. I can't remember the people that we've had before that because they were that irrelevant to my life. Like, we were never gonna get a big name like that and to have Sam Allardyce come in as a big name and then to replace him with David Moyes, who arguably is an even bigger name, it's really good for the club. I think that, like you said, he signed in a long-term deal, so it shows that the club are looking ahead to um, for long-term plans. And, you know, a lot of fans would disagree with me because I think it's a really, really good thing for the club and a lot of people are a bit worried about it. But um, I think that... Even his interviews that he's given, like you can see that he's already stuck in there, and he's already like, okay, this is my team. I'm gonna fix it, and I'm gonna find a way to do it. Not, yeah. oh yeah, this is just my job. Exactly. He definitely already has the passion for it. You can tell he's a passionate manager. He just hasn't had the best run recently, but he did good at Everton, and same kind of club really. If we could get up into those top spots, we would be a kind of Everton kind of club. Yeah, I, think I agree. Be good. Well, we'll see how it goes. Like, um, obviously, under him, um, 
we were unbeaten in our last four preseason games, which is where he took over. Well, we were unbeaten in all our preseason games, but I'm not going to count the first two because he wasn't actually like our manager yeah. then. Um, which is a big thing considering the fact that we were against Dortmund for the last one. Exactly. So that was a big one. It's uh, it's interesting because obviously it's only preseason. It's hard to judge um, how you're going to do in the season of it, but you know. It's looking positive at the moment. Yeah. Um, so if we move on from Moyes, who we'll update on uh, throughout the season, see how he's mm-hmm. doing. Um, we've got all of our, well, I say all of our <laughs> all transfers, of- all one of them. Uh, well, we've had a lot going out. We've just not brought any of them back in. So if we look at the ones going out, obviously, um, uh, in our podcast post-2015-16 uh, season, we um, spoke a bit about how we put four players out of contract. Yeah. Uh, those players being, we put Steve Harper out of contract, who, again, was just in as a backup goalkeeper, mm-hmm. didn't wasn't really relevant, came yeah. from Newcastle, so I doubt many people liked him. No, um, we've, got, we've got that strike class. To be third choice if we uh, need yeah. He came from our development, yeah? Yeah, he's and he's a good keeper. Yeah. Um, we let go of uh, Wes Brown, so, you know, he's not gone anywhere yet. Don't Probably won't go anywhere. I, I, don't, don't. I don't think he'll go anywhere. Um, we let Danny Graham out of his contract, and then he later went on sign for Blackburn Rovers, who he was on loan for at the end of last season, so... Yeah, it's worked for him. I'm happy for him. Yeah, and um, Stephen Fletcher's out of a contract. Um, surprisingly, which n- nobody expected, he went on sign for Sheffield Wednesday and uh, yeah. proceeded to split his head open in his first game of the season. That from. was brutal. It was, it was awful. Like nine stitches or something he got. It was like it was like his entire head just like fell off. I mean, that's a bit dramatic, but. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have my drama. So, um, apart from that, we have had four sales, or not sales, but like loans and sales put together. Yeah. You know what I mean. So, um, we've only had one player that, or no, two players that we've sold. One of them I've not listed here. Um, we sent um, Gatrini to Napoli after his amazing Euro run and. You know, they got him for dirt cheap, two million or something. It was wasn't how it? how we didn't manage to stick his price tag up, S- fucking skyrocket it is ridiculous. Yeah, and um, that guy that everyone liked that I don't know how to pronounce his name, uh, Santiago Virgini. That's the one. He went back to a club that he played for previously. That's um, what he existed, to be honest. That's a bit rude. I'm sorry, I was never a big Santi fan. Um, but no, that's the two players we've sold, and then we've got three loans on top of that. So, uh, Will Buckley has gone on loan to Sheffield Wednesday, so he'll join up with uh, Stephen Fletcher um, mm-hmm. for the remainder of the season. Um, Adam Matthews, who again I actually forgot he existed, went to Bristol City um, yeah. on loan. And quite is a stayed on loan at Sporting Lisbon. Yeah. So. So we've got rid of a big piece of the squad. I mean, 
it's the kind of squad that we weren't going to ever use. Like, they're just sort of there, and it's the kind of, for lack of better term, it's the kind of crap in our squad that we just need to get rid of, but we just don't seem to want to let go. We just loan them out, and I think... I mean, I would have been really happy to let them go if we'd brought anyone in to replace them. I think that's the only issue I'm having, yeah. It's really nice having just, like, some of those players on the bench, like, it wasn't great, but Stephen Fletcher was a goal scorer, and if we needed him, he could have came in and done something. And we just let him run out of contract. We didn't even sell him. I know. Um, There was a while, though, that he was rumoured to go with Danny Graham to Celtic, and then it was such a surprise when he signed for Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. But, um, you know, the the problem that we're having is that we've let so many people go and then we've not brought anyone in, like you said, apart from um, our new guy came from Chelsea. Yeah. Papi Gilabodji. That's the one. <laughs> uh, difficult name to pronounce, obviously. But, no, he came from Chelsea and the reaction on Twitter seemed to be positive. Chelsea, were, Chelsea fans were very... Um, interested as to why Chelsea had let him go without giving him a chance. Yeah, they seemed uh, a little bit upset that he'd only got three minutes of gameplay in the time that he was there in a cup match against like Millwall or something. And they were apparently like saying that he's a canny defender and that Chelsea should have given him more of a chance to prove his quality. Yeah, we got him for was it eight million we got yes, him for? Yes, eight million. We got him for eight million after he'd been on loan. Um, I'm not sure where he was on loan, but I do know that he scored um, the winning goal in like the 87th minute of their last game uh, of the season, which mm-hmm. ensured that their safety from relegation. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm pretty happy with that. He seems a uh, he seems like a canny wee player, and I think he'll be crucial for a squad, especially considering the fact that. There's been rumours in the past few days that um, Coney is leaving us, and he was spotted um, down in what well, on Merseyside for talks with Everton, and a lot of us were confused at this because obviously he's one of the key players in our squad, and we wanted to keep him at all costs. But apparently, a video surfaced online basically where he was saying that. Uh, he wants a new contract because he was promised one by Sam when he was brought in and the club are refusing to give it to him so mm-hmm. he it's out of his hands but he does want to stay with us so as much of that I don't, I'm not sure how much of that's true but you know if we're letting players like Coney go and not bringing any players in it's um, a bit I mean, sketchy if that is the case one why is Sunderland not giving him a new contract? Because he's worth it. 100%. I don't care. If he wants the key to the damn city, give him it. Well, he was crucial care. for us I don't care. care. I don't care if he wants to own the right to every single person's firstborn child. <laughs> I would give him it. As but long no, as he it's, stays. It's just stupid because, like... It's just, like... He was so crucial to her season last yeah, year. Yeah, they're just messing him, him about. His, his pairing with Kabul was probably what saved us, and he's so good going forward, and he's massive, and he's massive. 
to let, we never had a big defender in our entire lives at Sunderland. We don't do big defenders. We do tiny little guys who kind of do anything. Speaking of big defenders, have you seen the height on Pappy? Yeah, I know, which is why I'm, at least he's going to be a decent replacement. But, like, Corny's big in every sense of the word. He's massive. And I'm just like, when we signed him, I was like, oh, my God, that's a big defender. I can't believe it. But uh, if we, the, especially the fact if we sell him for 18 million, it's cheap as chips. We should be getting at least 30 million out of a player of his quality. Yeah, especially because the reason everyone want him is because uh, John Stones has obviously gone to Man City, but everyone have brought in like Ashley Williams and stuff from Swansea. So I don't know why we're willing to sell to a club that has already brought in replacements yeah. when we don't have the players to spare. Exactly. As well as that, right? How can Everton sell John Stones for 50 million quid? He is not worth the fucking dog crap on my shoe. <laughs> I wouldn't give him anything. Never mind giving him my firstborn child like I would for Corny. I'm giving him out. <laughs> John Stones is awful. Why is Man City buying him? Why is Everton selling him for such a big price? Why are we not doing the same if we want if we are gonna sell Corny, why don't we stick a massive price on him? hundred and twenty million. He can be the new Pogba. Not being funny though, considering how crucial he is to our squad, the fact that he's still got four years on his contract, and the fact that he specifically said he wants to stay with us, he should be like at least thirty million. Oh yeah. Definitely. I don't understand either, like why don't they just say right for the contract just say we'll give you an extra year deal and we'll just up your wages it's not like they have to give him another four year deal exactly it's not even that though it's like Moy specifically stated I'm not getting rid of any players in our squad because until we get replacements in and it works like we won't sell anyone this transfer window mm-hmm. and we've then proceeded since he's come in to have all these rumours about Coney leaving and then loan out loads of players. Like, I get the loans, but even so, like, you know, we have no one in our squad, basically. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It's just our not working. Our squad is threadbare and um, it's, it's going to be a disaster. So, yeah. Um, Apart from the Coney drama... We have had links to some players, not very many, but some. We've had uh, Nzogbia training with us for a while, and we've got the possibility of getting him on a free transfer. But he's not with us at the minute, is he? Um, I'm not 100% sure on that. I don't know if he is, but um, it's a possibility. He's a free agent, he can do what he wants. Um, there's a few people that have been training with us these this uh, pre-season though like um, I mean you've mentioned a few already who have we not mentioned um, I'm not sure who's been training with us because I don't pay attention but uh, apparently there was the two Man United people training with us um, oh yeah there was an ex-Everton player and then obviously there was in Zogbia mm-hmm. Um and Zogbia looked to be the one that was most likely to get a deal but apparently he's no longer training with us so I'm yeah. assuming that he's not getting a deal I 
think that's a big miss. As much I as everyone's it, been saying it's six years too late, he's a good player and he's a canny midfielder. He would be a good bench player, like, exactly. definitely. And you're getting him on a free transfer as well. It's not as if Aston Villa have, like, said, oh, he's still on contract with us. You, like, you exactly. need to pay. He's not. He's not got a club. So, and especially he was so crucial in our first couple of pre-season games as well. Like, scored the winner in the game in Rotherham. Exactly. Um, but no, eh... Uh, so we've had all these players, and then obviously we've had the players we're interested in. Uh, Benteke, who we were interested in, has apparently gone to Crystal Palace, though. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously well, Love and McNair. That's it, that's it as well, though. Like Everyone we seem to be interested in. We waste time and don't do anything about it. Yeah, so like we Ayu, who went had, to West we Ham. Probably, exactly, we probably could have had a deal on Ayu if we'd been fast enough, or on Benteke if we were fast enough, or... You know, any any of the players that have been training with us, why don't they just train with us and then we offer them a contract? If we want them, just do it. Yeah, it's, it's a bit weird though, because like, we've got, obviously, Love and McNair apparently we're getting for six million, and like, that's, as far as Sky have uh, reported, that's apparently a done deal. They've, they've yeah. got their, um, they've got their medicals today. So by mm-hmm. the time this podcast's out, they'll probably have signed with us. Yeah. Um, we were apparently interested in Fellaini, which isn't surprising considering the fact that we've got Moyes, because... But apparently he's uh, not for sale, mm-hmm. or out of our price range. And there's a few other things, like um, Envila is apparently coming back, but uh, we messed about with that for ages, and nothing's been announced, and, like, it's stupid. And we were apparently bringing Yedlin back as well for our right-back, which is crucial now as well because Billy Jones got injured in pre-season. Yeah. Um, we were apparently bringing Yedlin back, but nothing's been reported on that. Exactly. It's just stupid. It's like it's all these players that want to be here and we can get, and they're in our price range, and we're just like messing about. And Vita wants to come back. We're getting them for dirt cheap, and we're just not doing anything about it. Exactly. And Yedlin said he's open to coming back, and Moise has said. I'm happy for Envila and Yedlin to come back, but I want to explore other options. And I'm just here, and I'm like, we don't have time to explore other options. Exactly. Just bring them in and see what else you can get with the money you still have. Because exactly. I mean, everyone. Well, the club were apparently complaining about Envila being a uh, five million, and it's like a player of that talent. It's worth it for five million. It's absolutely cheap as chips. And I mean, I understand that he's on a big wage thing. Uh, uh, whatever the club is at now is but like we need him we don't have a strong enough midfield without him and, uh, I don't see why we're messing about well we've been we've been heavily relying on our under 23s in um, pre-season and it's just you can't you can't do that exactly so especially with a lot of them like I know they've been playing in the squad for a bit like obviously Watmore and Pickford are practically first team players now but half of them just aren't up to a Premier League standard where if we had an injury and they needed to come in they wouldn't be good enough and half of the players that we've been playing are incredibly young that Asoro guy that we've been playing 17, you can't be expected to put a massive amount of pressure on someone who's 17. Not being funny though right and it just goes to show but 
Asoro is a phenomenal little player, right? And I would be happy to have him in the first team if we had someone else besides him, right? But he is like 10 times more class than half of the players that are older than him that play for us. And yeah. that's saying something because you couldn't rely on a 17-year-old in the Premier League if you're a team like Sunderland. But we're expected to rely on like our under-23s who are actually worse than our 17-year-old yeah. player. So, but yeah, um, apart from all the transfer stuff, we've had six pre-season games and we haven't lost a single one of them. So, yay, successful no, pre-season. No, we, we've got rid of all of the wins for our season now. We've used them all up. Tragic. That's more than we get any year. I know. But no, um, so if we start, we had the Hartlepool game. Um, yeah. That was on the 20th of July. Yeah. And, like I said earlier, last game of Big Sam in charge caused a bit of outrage. Um, it was 3-0, um, with two goals from Defoe and one from Kadri. Mm-hmm. But it could have been a lot higher. Like, a lot of people will be like, you should have been beating a League 2 team by more, but we played our, basically our entirety of our under-23 squad in the second half. Yeah. And... Um, we were lucky, unlucky not to get a goal. Um, yeah. Hartlepool had a couple of chances, um, mainly that headed effort. But to be fair, that was the chances were only really when uh, when the under twenty threes were playing. Yeah, they were they were all in the second half. They barely saw the ball in the first half. Yeah, um, and then we moved on to Rotherham. Um, that was on the 23rd of mm-hmm. July and um, again we played a very very team sort of a mixture between under 23s and what yeah. have you. Um, Lenz has made his way back into the squad which is decent. Yeah. He's been looking pretty good but um, Moyes was watching from the stands in this game because obviously it got announced in the morning and uh, after 45 minutes, we were up 1-0 from an outstanding goal. Oh. Uh, you know. Um, so, they managed to equalise. And then uh, and Zogbia actually scored the winner for us. Um, yeah. Which, again, shows we should sign him. But yeah, and it was a really good goal as well. Yeah, it was. Um, and then, obviously, we had our... French pre-season, well French, I say French, it was like Sweden, France-ish, it was around that area, but um, around the area of Sweden and France, two places that are vastly far away from each other. It wasn't Sweden, it was, um, (laughs) where was it? Austria, that's the one, (laughs) no it wasn't, it wasn't Austria. It was because no, it was late. We were the first half, like the four games were in France and then Dortmund was in Austria. No, but the France games were next to... Is it Switzerland? It might have been. I don't know, so I just know they were in France. It was right in France. Yeah, well anyway, I take back that comment, it was a bad comment. I think it was Switzerland because it was like <laughs> on the lake, but my bad. Um, but no. <laughs> um, do you want to talk a bit about the pre-season in France? Because I missed a lot of it when I was on holiday. Yeah, yeah, right. Um... We had the first game against uh, Stade Nienais. Uh We had a bit of a varied squad again. 
a lot of young players playing in it. Um, it was the first game in charge for Moisey, and for a lot of it, we dominated a lot of the play, and we had a lot of chances, but none of them broke the deadlock until about 37 minutes in. What more was fouled in the box? They uh, took the penalty, scored it, and then we had another penalty eight minutes later when Honeyman went down in the box. What more took it again? Put us up 2 0 at half time. Had nothing really to worry about much. They had a couple of chances, but they didn't really put much pressure on Manoni. He made a few impressive saves, but most of them were bread and butter work. And he kept a clean sheet, kept it at 2 0. Yeah. Um, um, we went we on m- to yeah. Dijon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was one of the games where we first started seeing Asoro, and he started the game, and he opened the scoring after just seventeen minutes, which was really impressive. He was very, very speed, speed, very, very speed, very quick, and good on the ball. He just made, had a really, really nice goal. Uh, it was a bit scrappy for possession both teams wanting to get forwards nobody could really keep the ball properly but for the most part we looked like the stronger side ended the half 1-0 up and then uh, in the second half Dijon got an equaliser grabbed a loose ball because we can't pass to save our lives and slotted past Pickford, not much you could have done. But then uh, Asoro saved us again and uh, picked up possession, slotted it into Kazri who put us back 2-1. Then Dijon equalised again because we still can't defend. Then Watmore got another penalty. He's apparently the king of getting penalties and scoring penalties so far. Uh, won the penalty because he put a cross in and it hit the hand of a defender. And um, Barini scored it and won the game for us. Yeah. And then um, we moved on on the 30th of July, which was our last game against, well, in France, against yeah. uh, Montpellier, yeah. my French team. Rest in uh, peace, your French team. <laughs> I mean, we drew with them. Excuse me, it should have been better. <laughs> um. So, yeah, we had a lot of early chances on this, but that, they have a very good goalkeeper, so, yeah. you know, it was hard to get past. Um, okay, it was Kurtos' first game back, and he got he went off limping. Um, mm-hmm. He should be fit for the season, I think. Um, no, it was his second game back. He played in Dijon. Oh, my bad, right. Uh, yeah, so he, he went off limping, and it was just a strain, so I think he'll be back for the season. Um got to rest him easy though because he's very injury prone yeah um billy jones got injured this is what i was mentioning earlier which is why we need a right back because he went off with i think it was a groin strain yeah Um, i think so so you know we're left without a right back unless we bring in i think seb larson's our makeshift right back at the minute well to be fair um so seb larson didn't travel due to injury as well because he was a bit uh, well, he'd been on Euro duty, hadn't he? He wasn't ever going to be expected to be perfectly fit. Yeah, but um, f- 
funnily enough, I read something on Twitter earlier that said that McNair, who we're apparently getting from uh, Man U, plays better in right back than he does in. That's pretty nice so, then. Hopefully. So we might use him. That would be uh, nice. But yeah, so hopefully that is what happens because Billy Jones, well, he was good in the game against Hartlepool, but it's League Two side, you know. So yeah, exactly. Um, so we got the lead two minutes before half time, and uh, you know. They equalised in the second half, but we couldn't find a winner. And then finally, our final pre-season game. Uh, I'll let you talk about this one. Uh, Borussia Dortmund. Uh, we saw them thrash Man United 4-1 earlier in their pre-season. And we kind of went into this one thinking, this is the game we're going to lose. Focus on getting fitness levels right, rather than going for a result. And obviously... Dortmund go into it really really high confidence because they're the better team in every sense of the word and they had so many shots we couldn't find a rhythm to get the ball away from them it only took them 15 minutes to take the lead and at that point the fans watching were like this is kind of the beginning of the end for this game we're going to see at least what they did to Man United if not more but uh, Sunderland responded quite positively, took the opportunities to get forward, but Dortmund are a good team, uh, dominated the half, really. Came back out in the second half, what more, again, taken down in the box, again. Uh, didn't go our way, didn't give the penalty, unfortunately. If we'd had that, we probably would have won it. But... Uh, back and we got a free kick on the edge of the box which Lens curled in towards the back post where Coney was waiting to just head it to the ground and level us off with 25 minutes left to play. This is the reason we have to keep Coney because he can score headers. Exactly, he's big. The only reason everyone wanted him is because they're bitter that we uh, he scored two goals against them. No, they're, they're bitter because they've already got Coney, but he's a bad Coney and they want the good Coney. Tears. Poor Evan. But yeah, Rodwell, surprisingly, a name we never mentioned positively ever because he's awful, almost put us ahead when he had a header which went slightly over the bar. Uh, I would have actually kissed him if he'd managed to score that. It would have been the first good thing he's ever done. Ever. I mean, to be fair, right, as as awfully as he is for us, he's looked quite positive this preseason, especially under Moyes. Mm. I mean, I he's still, still not like he's still not the standard of the team, but I mean, like, he's been getting shots and he's been getting crosses. He's been doing more than he's ever done before. Yeah, but that was because he was too bad to get in the team before. <laughs> That's true. We also don't have players that we could play instead. That's true. Um... By the end, Dortmund were like, oh man, we're going to draw with Sunderland and brought on their big names, whose names I all can't say any of them, apart from maybe that Ryus guy. I think they brought him on and they were clearly going for the win, but they never got the winner. Sunderland managed to hold off the giants of the Bundesliga, who had hammered Man United. And we went undefeated in pre-season, which was really nice. Yeah. And um, to top all that off, like, obviously that's a really positive thing, but we've had uh, 
quite positive views on the new kits as well. Um, um, so we've got our new home kit. It's sort of similar last year's, except the sides are red. You think that that's not as nice. You're wrong, Haley. Um, I'm not wrong. Majority white is so much nicer than majority red. But nah, I disagree with but you. But everyone disagrees. Yeah, I, I think it's because red and white the big colours, but I just think white looks so much cleaner and nicer, and the numbers and the names are easier to read. But I'm wrong. You are wrong. Um, the gold caused a fuss. Nobody liked the gold on the arms or the neck. But I everyone's like calmed down now. I it's like all right. the gold because I'm weird. Um, I think if it was like an actual nice colour, I'd like it, but it's awful. Um, so then after we released the home kit, we released our third kit, which is weird considering the way that works. But everyone thought our third kit was our away kit and there was a big massive fuss over it. But um, third kit is pink with purple stripes and it's the nicest thing I've ever seen apart from our wake up. Nope, nope, nope. I still don't know if I like it. It's nicer in person than it was when they released the picture of it because I saw the picture and I actually think I threw up in my mouth. But seeing it in person, it was just a little bit of throw, not a massive bit. I think you're wrong again. I just think that she has no taste in football. It's literally, most people are split down the middle. At the minute, I'm kind of in the middle. But, like, everyone either loves it more than their family or hates it more than the mags. There isn't really an in-between. And then, finally, we come... The away kit. To the legendary away <laughs> kit. White with a blue so stripe. Happy. It's so nice. You've described it as heavenly here. I have. <laughs> I also described it as the night, like the kit we wore that one time against Crystal Palace, where everyone rioted that we didn't sell. Only a hundred percent nicer than that too, because it is. I'm it's so excited to buy it. Actually, perfection in a shirt. I'm getting mine when it's out on the day, which is tomorrow, as of recording this. So yeah, um, we've had a. Uh, pretty good pre-season except for the lack of transfers which I'm hoping to see mm, maybe one or two before the season starts hopefully. on Saturday. Hopefully as well. I think everyone freaks out because the season's starting but we do still have 20 odd days until I mean, it's not being funny start. but I know we've got a very um, thin squad for the start of the season but, you know Moyes is going to want to know what he needs and I think the only way to really do that is by actually going into the season and yeah. you know working during the week to get stuff and we've still got like uh, just under a month of the transfer window left so it's not as if we're going into the season like oh we've got to wait till January to get all these new players eh? Yeah but we've yeah. still got a bit of time but yeah season starts on Saturday um, we'll be back to update you on the podcast or the yep. next podcast with uh, how we've done some news and stuff but for now uh, we'll leave it at that and we will speak to you in the next podcast